Hello, I'm Dori Aden-Hawk, a.k.a. Dea. I'm an Indonesian-Pakistani non-binary lesbian. Hi, I'm Marianna Salem, a.k.a. Mary. I'm a Lebanese Aboriginal bisexual woman. We are two writers who love movies, television and books, especially when they're gay. And welcome to Gay V Club, where we'll be analysing LGBT texts that we like, that we don't like, and how we relate to these texts as gay people of colour. It's the day we've been waiting for. We're talking about Birds of Prey today. (laughs) Yay! Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation Emancipation of of One Harley Quinn, Quinn, directed by Kathy Yen, written by Christina Christina Hodson, and starring... Margot Robbie, Janae Smollett-Bell, Rosie Perez, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ewan McGregor, Ella J. Basco, Christmas Zena, Ali Wong. Warning for spoilers, obviously, we will be talking about the movie in Mm -hmm. detail as much as is possible. So if you haven't seen it, go and see it. This will be here when you come back. See it twice, see it, th- see, see it as many times. Go see this movie. Yes, it is so much fun. Should we give a plot rundown? After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. Roman Sionis. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and this... Non-boyfriend, and Victor Zaz. <laughs> Victor Zaz. I like Victor Zaz as a cat. I wanted to know more about him. We're going to be talking about subtext, as per usual, as is our want. And we're also going to be talking about some bisexual rep occurred in this movie. Yeah. It did. We're going to be talking about people comparing this movie to Deadpool, and I'm going to compare yes. it to Deadpool. What else are we going to talk General about? General stuff about critical reception and all the things we love about this movie as well, like the costuming oh. and... The, the production design. Yes. We're going to talk about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Banging. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about the way this film represents misogyny and yes. sexual assault. And the female gaze. And violence. And, and violence. That's gaze, yeah, by the way. Things. G-A-Z-E. Yes. Not, not gaze. I mean, there, there are female gaze in this movie, but we're, yes. we're talking about the female gaze with the Z-E. We're talking about both of these things. We're talking about both of them in the one movie. Alright, so let's start off with the beginning of the movie. The very start, Harley is confirmed as bi. Mm. You ex- I don't know, I'm going to be honest with you, I actually wasn't expecting them to confirm Harley as bi in this movie. I don't know, it was done in a very blink and you'll miss it kind of way. I remember seeing a snippet of an interview where... Margot does confirm that it's revealed that Harley does have an ex-girlfriend in this movie and beginning starts with that little cartoon intro. I love this intro so much actually. Basically Harley talks about how when she was in college she got Mm -hmm. her heart broken a couple of times and it's a cute little animation of like a poker machine and it's got like her the person she's with and then heartbreak like the last Mm -hmm. symbol is heartbreak and it shows two guys and then it also shows Harley and a woman and heartbreak. It's very quick. It's there for one second. She Mm. doesn't particularly point it out. If you're watching the animation. If you are paying attention, it's there. It's a little by the way. By the way, As we discussed in our last episode. But I think there's a lot of Harley having crushes on gals in this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm going to launch straight into this. I think that Harley and Dinah... Uh, yes, girlfriends. and Canary, like, they are the heart of this they movie. They are! Like, from the very beginning, like, they mm-hmm. are just inseparable. Not so much inseparable. Harley's just, like, clawed on her hands. <laughs> and Dana's, like, trying to pick Dana's up her like, like, please, please, from her I arm. Have, I have work to do. But, you know, also Dana can't help but be drawn to Harley and want to help her. Mm-hmm. And she's very protective of her. The first thing we've seen is, like, Harley really drunk. She comes to the bar. She walks up to Dana's like, hey, you've got a good voice. And then there's that scene, obviously, where Dana saves Harley from the... From mm-hmm. those guys that were gonna, God knows what, they were gonna take her somewhere. She's real, real smashed. Yeah. And um, and Dinah. We so will, we'll get to. That. We're gonna talk about that a bit later, but there's just so many little moments between Dinah and Harley. Yeah. And I feel like that of all when the related. Hands her the hair tie. <gasps> oh, which everyone is saying is such a huge moment in this movie, and it like is, though. it is such a huge moment. So actually, we'll we'll get to that when we get to the action yeah. scenes. Actually. But in terms of talking about Dinah and Harley, there's this moment. Harley, like, identifies a weakness. problem that Dinah is having, like, fighting, which is that her hair keeps getting in the way. And also, you know, hair is a thing people can grab in a fight. Like, it's mm. better to have it out of the way. And Harley offers her a hair tie in the middle of a fight, which is which is beautiful. But yeah, I think of all the relationships that Harley has, like, with the birds, that one for me is the most fleshed out. 
I mean, I do think her relationship with Cass is also, like, lovely mm-hmm. um, as, like, a big sister, little sister kind of thing. But, yeah, yes. it is, by the way. And I think the whole point of this movie, though, is Harley doesn't have any romantic relationships, so I'm not that upset that Poison Ivy wasn't there or, or that Harley didn't, didn't. I am a bit upset that Poison Ivy wasn't there. But also, like, if Poison Ivy was there, I feel like we would be expecting mm. the romance. And I feel like the point of this, it's the emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yeah. So I don't think that you can have a romance in this movie. But I feel like in another movie, another Harley Quinn adventure, it's definitely on the table. Apart from Harley, there is some other representation. Some more explicit representation. It's still... I don't want to call it... We've been debating whether or not this is subtext. I don't think it is subtext because it is explicitly stated what they are. So Renee Montoya is a lesbian. Yes. And Ali Wong's character is introduced as her ex-girlfriend in a voiceover by Harley. Why I'm more leaning towards, I don't want to call it subtext because obviously not. It's spelled out explicitly. I feel like it's very precarious because if we didn't have that voiceover, you could have still had that interaction between them. There would just be two women who are just awkwardly avoiding each other but have to work together. Yeah. Yeah. And like you could have just maybe assumed that they were partners before, partners in police detective partners or obviously it's still there and they still Mm -hmm. chose to put it in so I'm not trying to take away from it you know how what a big deal they even make of something like this this is a Warner Brothers movie and they're a very big film production company and they like all the other big film production companies they make a very big deal about trying to appeal to everyone about trying to appeal to everyone and even like the tiniest most throwaway lines and background characters there's so much controversy when you do include it so to include it it is a big step oh absolutely Um, not big enough as we as we know yeah i still think it's still something i think it's quite nice it adds a dynamic that Mm -hmm. you know you finally got to see gay ali wong that must have been nice for you I don't know, because you know how we didn't know who Ali Wong was going to play? True. And I was like, what if we were what half if she, hoping was she was Poison Ivy? Like, imagine how much that would slap. Oh my gosh. If Ali Wong had been Ivy. So um, sexy, that whole concept. Just well. imagine. Well. I can't wait to find out, because Margot has said they want to do another movie and it will mm-hmm. include Ivy. We'll talk about that later. I can't wait to see who is Ivy. There's so many people I want to be Ivy. Like I know. <laughs> and I know it's basic, but Megan Fox. Yes. <laughs> I want Alia to be that, but that's because I want Alia to be everybody. But I still think she'd be good. Montoya and Ali Wong, they're there. They're lesbians. They're, they're lesbians. There. They're not really lesbianing in this movie, but they exist. There's, there's like a there's the knowing, as you like to say now. We've, as I like to say now. Yeah. Yes. There's the the knowing, the intimacy, the emotional intimacy is present. It's yes. palpable. But there is another big gay thing in this movie. Not quite gay. Not but quite gay. A big queer coded thing in this movie. Two big queer coded people in this movie, like, which are the villains, yay. Roman Sionis and Victor Zaz. I do love Roman Sionis, though, like, as a yes. villain, obviously. I don't yes. love him, but, like, I love his villainy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love, you know I love me a good villain who mm-hmm. I can hate, and Ewan McGregor is disgusting in this movie. I love seeing Ewan McGregor be a total bastard. I know. He's There's so good at it. I think the queer coding of the villains is so obvious in this mm. movie. Like it's it's very blatant. I don't know. I think given the fact that our heroes of this story are are, yeah, are queer as well, they're not explicitly shown as gay. They are just very queer coded. When pressed at a red carpet interview, Ewan McGregor and Chris Mazzina answered, uh, "Yeah, probably." When asked if their <laughs> characters were gay, I feel like they didn't even like, care. I know they spent like. 30 seconds just like dicking around being like oh yeah they love uh anarchy and have a trust in each other and uh yeah probably they're gay yeah like, it was like that it I, was like yeah I really... it was very like there was a huge reluctance to do it but yeah roman himself is a very campy character i'd say he goes around wearing eyeliner the whole movie and a robe and those velvet suits, just everything about his the costume. The inherent homoeroticism. The inherent homoeroticism of wearing, of a, wearing a silk robe, robe <laughs> is there. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, we'll talk about this more with the costumes, but I just love Roman yeah. Sionis and his looks. Yes. His, even his pajamas are just yeah excellent. He's a truly disgusting human, and yes, he is queer coded, but 
It didn't bother me. I knew the girls would, would kill him. You yeah. Know? I just knew they'd deal with that. But it is interesting to me the only interest he shows in women. He doesn't really show interest romantically in mm-hmm. anybody. He's a very unromantic... Because he is just very much a misogynist. Yeah. And I like that interview where Ewan McGregor said he's like, I'm very proud to be the head misogynist. <laughs> the head misogynist. Of this. <laughs> of this. <laughs> Victor Zaz is just a weirdo. Victor um, Zaz is so funny. Like, honestly, yes. so much of his scenes I was yes. laughing. He's just in the background. I love the scene where Roman is taking Dinah around his lair or whatever you call it. He's yes, showing, showing her all the, all the masks. masks. And she's like 100% done with this conversation. But Victor Zaz is like just banging his head like <laughs> against the wall. Listening to Roman go on about these masks. And he's doing like the white person thing where he's like, oh, have you been to this place? Like, it's so exotic. <laughs> like, it's not just that he's a misogynist. He's like very clearly like a white misogynist. Yes. Like being just so disgusting. Which I think was a definite choice because the director of this movie is obviously like a woman of color. Like, yes. I think it's very interesting. She's Chinese American. I think it's a very deliberate choice that a lot of Roman's victims are people of color. And the way he talks about them. A lot of the masks are from, like, cultures of colour. Yes. And, like, I think that's a very deliberate choice. He's not just a misogynist. He's a racist. He's just an all-round disgusting just, human. Yeah. I mean, you could take offence to him being queer-coded, but honestly, mm-hmm. I, I don't. In terms of he and Victor being boyfriends, they just stand really close to each other and are both misogynist together. Mm. Which is... That is part of a wider issue of how... A lot of queer coding of male characters in pop culture falls simply to two guys just being misogynist yeah. together. <laughs> I feel like that is the subtext of a lot of everyone's favorite Mullum. Mullum, yeah, quote everyone's, unquote, Mullum. everyone's favorite, you know, non-canon white male, yeah, straight white it's male. It's really just that these men are written in they a just, way where they don't just they group, just hate women they, they so hate much. Women. That. Even if they think they're not writing them that way, they are. Yes, and I'm talking about Steve Bucky. If you're listening to this and you ship Steve oh. Bucky, I can't stand Oh, that you. was a curveball. I thought you were about to be like, I'm talking about John Locke. I I'm am talking about, about John Locke. I am talking Hanagram. also about Hanagram. I'm talking about... But also I don't know whoever about... the I'm all, I'm just so, supernatural I'm also... people are. Oh, no, I don't want to talk Actually, about that. Actually, I don't know There's anything about supernatural. There's incest involved in that too, so I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> the other thing I love about Roman Sionis is he's very tantrum-y. Bitch. He's a little bitch. But I also love how he's tantrum-y in a funny way, but also tantrum-y in a, like, scary way. In a scary way. way. And they... Again, it's just an absolute delight seeing Ewan McGregor be a total it is. bastard. And I think his performance is so good in this movie. I think he looks really good in this movie. He's just killing it. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that for him. So ultimately, I'm not too upset about the queer coding. No. Obviously, it's not an excellent thing. No. I feel like there is sufficient queer representation in this movie, though. Sometimes gay people are villains, but mm. they shouldn't always be the only I mean, that's villains. The, that's like the rub. It's like gay people like grow up loving all these villains because they are gay-coded, but also like you know that it's inherently bad that they are yeah. being queer-coded in this way, but also like you can't help but love them yeah. because you see a little bit of yourself in them. <laughs> so I, number one Scar apologist, the... <laughs> do understand. Scar from Lion King? Yeah. Okay. I'm number one. I just think he's great. And I have mm. no other explanation than that I just thought he was fantastic. Me but. with Eris from Sinbad. Yes. Um, Lesbian icon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Cool. So that was an aside. And I guess that's pretty much all the LGBT related stuff <laughs> yep. in this movie that we wanted to talk about that, you know, we filled the quota for yeah, this podcast. So, but so we're just going to talk about other stuff so anyway. Gonna, yeah, we're now going to talk about other things. One of the things I really want to talk about this movie is something I couldn't stop thinking about the whole time I was watching this movie. Yeah. I, your number one problematic fave. Deadpool is one of my favorite movies. Deadpool was one of my favorite superheroes. Is my favorite superhero. I don't know why I said was. He still is. <laughs> I love him and I was so excited. I loved it. I know Deadpool looked the movie off by heart. Like, I love it. I think it's a great movie. I couldn't stop thinking the whole time watching this movie how similar it was to Deadpool. But it was very interesting to me because Harley isn't a character who traditionally in the comics or in anything like breaks the fourth wall or anything. Yeah. In this movie, she's like winking at the camera. She's like got little taglines that come up next to people. Like my favorite gag in this movie is her grievances. Yes. Like she she's Harley basically there's a target on her back now because the Joker and her broke up so she's not afforded the protection. She's not untouchable anymore. Yeah, she's not untouchable anymore. This whole movie is just Harley being like, well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences from my action. Throughout the movie, people come after Harley for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And she sort of 
gives us the audience a rundown. She's like, oh, this is record scratch, freeze yeah, frame. Yeah, record scratch, freeze frame, and usually name, there's a grievance. name and a grievance. Yes. Uh, and my favorite grievance being cosmetic vandalism. That's <laughs> <laughs> where she and the Joker like tattooed some guy's face as a clown. It's pretty mm-hmm. messed up, honestly, mm-hmm. that they did that. But you know, that's Harley. That's who she is. Yeah. There's all these little breaking the fourth wall gags yes. all the way throughout the movie. Harley narrates the whole movie. The way it's set up is unreliable narrator, non-linear sort of storytelling yeah seeing a scatterbrained harley quinn yeah just tell a story and like get to a certain point and being like oh "Oh, wait wait, i forgot to tell tell you this about this thing and oh wait quick history lesson you know everything converges at slightly awkward times Mm. i thought the pacing in the first 40 minutes really suffered because of it but it it was Mm. it made sense in terms of characterization it made sense well, yeah, because she's... This movie is her. She is a schizophrenic and, like, all this stuff. Like, she's not a mentally stable person. So to expect Harley Quinn to tell a story in a linear mm, fashion... Yeah, she's not... She's not here for that. Like, if yeah. you came here for that... She's not I'm sorry, but if you came here expecting Hollywood tell you a linear story in a calm fashion, then you are in the wrong movie. But all of this reminded me very much of Deadpool. And there's a lot of people drawing a lot of similarities between this movie and Deadpool for obvious reasons. I don't think people are wrong to do that. Yeah, because they're Um, both R-rated comic book movies. Deadpool and Harley are both very irreverent in their Mm humour. They're both, like, extremely messed up people for various reasons. And they're both, like, very much Mm anti-heroes. They're both bi. (laughs) They're both villains that occasionally do things that aren't shit. (laughs) That's a a good... Yeah, of them, yeah, I think, I think and, and so I don't think it's wrong for people to be like, oh, this movie is similar to Deadpool. Well, originally, actually, that's what I thought. I thought this movie borrowed from Deadpool in the way that it was made. Mm-hmm. But after watching, we watched an interview with Margot where yes. she, we found out she pitched this. Before Deadpool came out. Before Deadpool came out. And the studio were like, no, we can't do this. And then after Deadpool came out, it actually helped win them over. So I can't help but wonder how much her original idea would have been a bit more moulded in the way Deadpool was done because they were mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we know that works. I'm sorry, but, like, I think the plot of Deadpool is still very boring. Like, even though yeah. it does all these really different things that, that you're not used to seeing in superhero movies, I think the plot is quite cookie-cutter standard. So yeah. I think I think Birds of Prey definitely does something a lot more interesting yeah. with the variants that it has. Yes. So I still prefer it. We were talking about that Margot, like, speaking to us and breaking the fourth wall and controlling her story. And I think this movie is very much like the female gaze yeah. uh, for a number of reasons. Like, look at the costuming. The, cost- look at- the design. Everything. The way the women talk to each other. With Harley breaking the fourth wall. With her talking to us. With us. With basically everything, like, being made. Like, this is just the coolest movie. It is. It is. It's, it's Harley. Like, everything is it's so cool. It's a character cool. like, that traditionally... Like, this character has traditionally never, ever been in control of her own narrative, Mm -hmm. ever. Yes, and I think, is there anything more representative of womanhood than knowing that you're being watched? Mm -hmm. There's, you know, there's that big quote by... I'm gonna Agnes I'm gonna get yes, She's gonna yes. quote Agnes Varda you know Birds I, of Prey episode. I'm oh sorry. My God. I'm sorry. You're so pretentious. But like I know I love this because I was like, I'm gonna throw this I like know, pretentious is... curveball at you. Please go on. <laughs> when she's like, Yes, they are looking at me, but now I am looking at them. Harley is looking at us. She's speaking to us, she's looking at us, like either with a voiceover or by breaking the fourth wall, and it's just a testament to the female gaze. I love that. Brother. Yes, and I, I love think you so much. That's so definitely good. what separates it from Deadpool because Deadpool is just I think Deadpool is still very immature in that sense. It is. Um in the way that it's just very I don't know, masculinity is immature. I'm just gonna say it. it like, is. No, I'm not saying that they're on the same level. I yeah, think no, that no, this no, no. in, in yes. stylistically I think the films are very yes. similar because And I think the way that Harley does it in Birds of Prey, it supports the narrative and it supports like the message of the movie a lot more than Deadpool does cuz I I can't really see the point of Deadpool. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry, like You're not the, so... of the Deadpool movie. Like I can't, I can't see it. I know. I can't see it. I don't think that Deadpool did something deep and meaningful. I just like Deadpool. I just yes. think it's fun. 
I would like to just look at Birds of Prey and being like, oh, I think this is fun, but because it is such a landmark it is. movie, you know, we have to we have to think about the big picture in terms yeah. of Birds of Prey. Something I do want to say, though, because I did write about this in my review for Junkie, but one thing I said was Deadpool and I think where these movies are extremely different, I think beyond just the basic of, well, they both break the fourth wall and they're both mm. anti-heroes, like that's about as far as the comparison goes. I think Deadpool is an origin story, which is fine. It's a cookie-cutter origin story. This is not an origin story. This is actually Harley like trying to completely, literally like emancipating herself from her origins. That's true. To become yes. her own person. Like how that's, fantabulous. I know the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. It's a much braver movie than Deadpool in that regard because mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't care. This movie doesn't care how Harley became Harley Quinn. That's not the point. Like yes. she tells you that in the first three minutes, and she's just like, "Yep." She's especially because so much about how Harley became became Harley Quinn is like shaped by. The joke. What the, I love the way this film does is it's even in the script all the time. People are like, maybe you're just not meant to be on your own. Like it's mm. like the film itself is aware that a lot of people in like the movie and outside of it like don't believe that Harley Quinn can be her own person. And this movie is out to be like, well, actually she can, but it's gonna be messy. You know, all the people going against Harley in the in the movie, you know, it just reflects just the way that the mainstream treats women women led films. In general, like the way that they think that these films don't have legs, basically. I think it's important that there's even that point in the movie where Harley does believe, I can't be safe, I can't be my own person unless I'm protected by a man. I don't think she's like not valid for believing that. She's in a pretty hard situation. Mm. Like it would have been easier, but because she's got her girls, yes. she she realizes she can be her own person, and that own person is still an asshole, and that's <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that I really like. The point of this movie is not that Harley becomes like a good person because she's not with the Joker. She yes. just becomes like her own person yes. because she's not with the Joker. That's why it's a much more complex film than Deadpool. It's a much braver film than Deadpool. I think to just be like oh well this is just Deadpool for girls is mm. like a really invalidating statement for Birds of Prey. I don't yes. think there's anything wrong with you going this film reminded me of Deadpool because yeah. obviously you know it is like Deadpool in a lot of there ways. There are only two movies of this kind. Yeah. Of course you're going to think of yeah, Deadpool. that's fine. Like I also think it's interesting in the sense that Ryan Reynolds and Margot Robbie like they both produced these movies themselves. Mm-hmm. There's a clear passion in the way they made these projects. I, don't, I Like I, I don't think it's wrong for you to compare them but I do think it's disingenuous to be like oh well this film is just yeah like a female Deadpool because she's not a female Deadpool that's the other thing Deadpool is inhuman Harley is very human and that comes through in this movie like she's very much like she gets hurt she is an absolute mess she makes bad decisions I think you know the R rating is great for this movie after it released and after it didn't do as well as people had hoped at the box office even though it's really fucking hard to be you know, a successful movie in February of all months. That's how you kill a movie. Release it in February or March. And it's quite sad that actually Margot originally wanted, this was actually originally going to be released in Joker's slot, but then they switched it around. (gasps) They switched it around because they decided they wanted to, like... Ugliness. Yeah. And then Fuck you, Todd and then she Phillips. was just like, Fuck Well, you. I wanna wait now because I'm not gonna release my film at the same time as a Joker film. That's just stupid. I think the critical reception of this movie is crazy. I feel like even when it's positive it's been condescending. It's been very condescending. Like it has been widely accepted. Accepted um, is probably the best word. Yes. Like, I wish it was more celebrated. Like, I remember when like when Deadpool came out, everyone was like, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, no one talked about how fucking boring Deadpool was. I mean, it wasn't boring, but it... It wasn't boring. No one talked about how unsurprising Deadpool yeah, was. Yeah, it's still a basic origin story, yes. but, you know, the way it was told was slightly different. Mm. But, like, everyone was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. And I was one of those people because, like, I was very yes, excited. Yes, I, I know, I know. <laughs> like, I went all the way up to Newcastle. She did. <laughs> to watch it with her for, like, a second time. <laughs> and I was like, this is so good. And she was like, uh-huh. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I had a good time. It it was more fun seeing you enjoy yourself than... I can't help it. I love my milk with a mouth. I remember when Deadpool came out, all the critical reception of it was through the roof. Like, everyone. Critics, your neighbour down the street was like, this is the greatest movie ever made. And it's interesting. 
I wonder what the difference is. Mm. Birds of Pay comes out, and everyone's like, oh, well, I guess it's okay. Oh, yeah, this movie doesn't care about having continuity or making sense or oh it's just fun it's just a yeah. fun from this this movie doesn't care about being, being oh my good. god yeah <laughs> what this movie what? is unapologetically bad like what do you no, die die <laughs> i if you say that die like i, this movie I is see excellent i follow a lot i don't know in case i haven't mentioned on this podcast i'm a huge video essay nerds i watch mm. video essays at the rate that most people probably do things that are more useful but i love video essays and a lot of the video essays i follow are men unfortunately and of course when birds of prey came out there were a lot of video essays about birds of prey i truly have hated every single one of them i've seen they're mm. all so condescending even the video essays who i usually am like oh these guys usually give a pretty pretty balanced review of things have been like, Harley is not the kind of person who can carry her own movie. Like, no wonder they had to include the other birds in here because there's no way Harley could have done it on her own. You know, or they'll just say, like, the birds were more interesting than than Harley. Or, you know, there's also a weird, there's also a weird, like, racial thing, mm. aspect to the way a lot of white men are criticising this movie. Like, I've, I've read a lot of reviews that will go, oh, Margot is great, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is great. And then they won't mention anybody else. Like, in the, or they'll mention Ewan McGregor, but they won't talk about Janae Smollett-Bell. They won't talk about Rosie, Rosie, Rosie Perez. Perez, who I think is, like, one of the best performances in the movie. I feel like there's a very condescending, because a lot of, cr- like, critics are obviously white and male mm-hmm. and straight. I think there's a lot of condescension and sexism <laughs> and racial misogyny. In the way this film is being reviewed. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it's the number one movie in the world. People are still seeing mm-hmm. it. People are still having a good time. Yeah. And also I want to invite these male critics to just consider As the fact... As of early February. ...that shut up. This movie isn't for you. It's not for you. It's not, it's not for about you. you. Like, and this is something that I really love about this movie because I watch a lot of superhero films because mm-hmm. I like superheroes. Who doesn't? I haven't seen Wonder Woman to this day because I hate Gal Gadot. But one thing I do know is that Wonder Woman, Captain Marvel, all the female superhero movies we've had in the past have actually really more been made for everyone or made for men. Yeah, this is the first. That's true. This is the first female like superhero movie I've seen that feels like it was made for women. Yes, it actually feels like it was made and it's not like made for women by accident like the way that charlie's <laughs> angels and other movies have been yes it, it's actually very deliberately like made for women and i'd almost even argue like women of color because you do have a woman of color directing you have a woman mm. of color writing mm. this story the like majority most of, of the, the majority cast. of the cast are people of color yeah it's it, excellent it's just excellent it's just so wonderful it, it just filled my heart with love watching mm-hmm. this movie. You know, I, I judge movies very simply on how much love they put into my heart. Yes. And this movie just filled my heart with so yes. much love. I just don't care about the critical reception of this movie and I was never going to because I was yeah. I've just wanted to see Harley have her own movie for such I've a I've been long ready time. to just fight people like since mm-hmm. this movie was announced. Oh, so excited. But I was I don't think a lot of men are seeing this movie. I think a lot of it is mostly women seeing this movie. A lot of women are seeing this movie. Women are enjoying this movie and very much appreciating it and I think that's what is more important to the cast yeah. and to the people that made this movie. Yeah. Yeah, just the way that this these are superheroes in this movie, but it kind of deals with microaggressions and microaggressions that a lot of women have to deal with. In particular, there are some people who aren't quite happy in the way that this movie depicts sexual assault. Not so much in that it depicts in the way it depicts sexual assault, but the fact that it does depict sexual assault as opposed to being like an escapist kind yeah, of fantasy where but- sexual assault doesn't exist. But I think that is uh, that is like something that is important. Harley is a victim of abuse. Like I yes. don't know if you can make a movie. So many of these women are victims of yeah. abuse in this story. Look at them. And victims of very racialized misogyny. Yes. And like I don't think you would be doing any of them a service to yeah. make a movie that to was to make in... this escapist fantasy yeah. where sexual assault doesn't you know, exist. How do you make a movie about Harley Quinn and not acknowledge that she is an abuse victim and survivor? Survivor and like, how, how could you do that with any of these ca- It doesn't make sense. But I do appreciate that a lot of women went into this movie thinking they weren't going to... And were triggered 
because there are some pretty intense yeah. scenes in this movie. Not like that you see women being raped or anything like that, but you do see yeah. um, the scene we were talking about earlier. Harley's in an alley. It's after a night where she's been partying a lot. She's absolutely smashed. Yes. Um, and a guy has clearly like clocked her at the bar. Has And realized because she's broken up with the Joker, he can do whatever he wants yeah. to her and is pulling her into a van. Yeah. Canary does see this happen and rescue her. Meanwhile, Roman and Victor are watching from a window. Yeah. Just... They are just watching. Content, like they were content to let it happen, but also they were like, "Oh, hey, Dinah can fight." Yeah, as well. isn't that nifty? We can employ her as my driver. You get the impression they've seen things like that happen a million times before and yes. not, not done anything. And I think that's like a very insidious scene where the point is not really that Dinah was there for Harley, but that no yes. one, it, if Dinah had been, hadn't been there, no one would have helped her. Or very even dark. just like the club scenes, that awful scene where Roman like orders that woman to stand up. On a table and like cut off her dress that's disgusting and the way that like people are just watching i don't really blame them so much yeah obviously you know they're scared but it's i mean i do mm. but i don't because canary tries to even her just walking in that like it triggers like roman to be like no you can't leave like and she's so scared the absolute control that men have over women in certain spaces is is very much terrifying terrifying and and very realistically portrayed in this movie and i think it is realistic to portray that even someone as cool yeah as as amazing as harley would be a victim in this situation because that's a very real thing that happens to women and yeah i don't think it it helps anyone really to be like Harley is so fantastic that this could never happen to her. Like, how are you meant to relate to a character? That's why I think I don't like Captain Marvel. I don't like Wonder Woman really that much, or at least the way she's portrayed in those movies. In the way that they're so untouchable. It's like like in Bojack Horseman when our fave Kelsey Jennings, who is like a character who is a lesbian film director, is trying to pitch a female superhero movie. And she's talking about how, you know, you can't pitch it as a story where everybody loves her and, like, nothing's wrong, like, after she saves the day because that's so much not what it's like. Yeah, and also even if you did, like, people would hate her because nobody's mm-hmm. like that. And that's yes. exactly what happens when they make these Captain Marvel movies and Wonder Woman movies. People, men in particular, but also, like, I, a woman. I am a woman and I Are don't you? like... I am. Did you know this? Oh, <laughs> I am a woman. I don't like Captain Marvel. As a movie, I don't like Wonder Woman as a movie because I think I can't relate to these people. I don't know them. Like, like in terms of escapism, I get it. I don't need that. No, that's why I think I actually love like a lot of YA because the characters, like the women heroes in YA, are so stupid. I'm like, I, <laughs> as a dumbass, I relate to this. I think the way that it's portrayed in this movie is also it's portrayed as bad. Like, so yes, it's not portrayed like oh, it's this, very much portrayed as bad. Like it's, sexual assault. It's is, not gratuitous. No, like I said, there's nothing worse than men jerking it to sexual it, assault scenes in a yeah. movie. And, you know, this movie doesn't give you that opportunity because this movie is simply not made for men. Getting like, this crawl. movie is very carefully designed in that way. Mm-hmm. Very deliberately yes. for women. I'm sorry to people out there who were triggered by these scenes. I understand. Yeah. Like, keep yourself safe, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not trying to tell you that you can't be mad um, or you can't be upset by these scenes. In my personal opinion, mm. I think the movie did a really good job at just remaining as realistic and respectful as possible in portraying that. Yeah. Which I think is the best you can hope for. Yeah. And something you can only get when you have so many women yeah. working on your film. Yes. But another thing I want to talk about is when you have so many women working on your film, the look of this film. And I, I'm just saying the look because it it's everything about the look. It's absolutely the gorgeous. The costumes, the production design, the cinematography, everything about this movie is gorgeous. It's and, like a video game in the, and I mean that in the best way. Yeah. It's deliberate. It's gorgeous. It's fun. I know we throw around that word a lot, but it really is fun. Like, it really is in the fun, style. and it's just so cool. It's so cool. Um, especially with the costuming, especially when you compare Harley's costume in Suicide Squad, Ugh, which Margo. has so many issues with it. I just hate and it. And then you look at what Queen Erin Benack, the costume designer who I love, probably the most notable work that she's done is she did Ryan Gosling's scorpion jacket <laughs> in Drive, which... <laughs> is iconic everyone loves everyone loves that in every interview i've read of her like people are asking like hey do you have any scorpion jackets left (laughs) i want one yeah i've only seen drive once and i want one 
I hate drive, but I want that jacket. But yeah, Erin yeah. Van Ack, in like her entire body of work, she does so many fun things with color, with textures, with patterns, and this really comes together in Birds of Prey. Like it's really nice to see a very specific project that lets her thrive so creatively. Everything is great, like Harley's jacket with all the tassels and the and the shredded caution tape and Yes. I love, and I love that jacket. And... The textures, the textures that are used, the materials that are used yes. are like so interesting. I love that jacket with the the pom pommy caution tape because mm -hmm. it's also I didn't notice this in the trailers, but when I was in the theater, I noticed it's like clear plastic collared like a jacket. Mm -hmm. So it's like it reminded me of kind of in Blade Runner. Like oh yeah, you know when Zora is wearing that raincoat yeah basically. the raincoat yeah. that's like a coat but it's a raincoat i also love that harley is really shown only really wearing a variant on about three outfits but it's very key the variants which mm -hmm. i also think is realistic because we like women the iconography women be wearing clothes more than once and i love harley's shorts i love that she has that shirt that just says her name I love mm -hmm. the idea that Harley walks somewhere and goes, put my name on this shirt. Yes. All her outfits are so her, you know? Yes. That's what I love about this movie. It really feels like you're looking at the world through Harley Quinn's eyes. You're looking at Gotham the way Harley lives it and the way Harley sees it, which mm -hmm. is colourful, crazy, lots of textures. You know, dare I say, like, I, I don't really want to use the term gritty because I feel like when we talk about superhero movies, the word gritty comes has certain connotations it's edgy. now. I think edgy is edgy, mm. edgy as well, but this isn't the Bruce Wayne world of Batman. No, this th is of Harley's Gotham that you world. See. This is Harley's world. This is very much on the ground, mm. and you see that. She's like, and I love like that. punk pink, you know? She's very, like, punk, but also, like... Yes. This may be a weird thing to say, but I feel like a lot of superheroine movies, if you like, mm -hmm. try to do this thing where they're like, oh, don't worry, our hero isn't girly, she's more masculine, she does like more masculine things. We have things. a strong female a strong lead. Female, strong female woman who is a female woman, but don't worry, she's like strong and not feminine. What I love about Harley is that she is. And I like that about her, like she's very much like, Ooh, having a sleepover. Ooh, like she's very girly, like her behavior, and she doesn't shy away from that. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't shy away from letting her behave that way. Whereas a lot of female superheroes and female heroes are like very emotionless. And mm -hmm. that's portrayed as a strength. And what I love about Harley is that she's very vulnerable yeah. and that she's honest, unapologetic as Margot likes, which I think is a good description of Harley. She, when she's happy, she's happy. When she's sad, she's sad. Like she's. I love that about Harley. I know a lot of people prefer their female heroes to not be very feminine, but I like that Harley has this nice balance, like mm -hmm. where she's like, she's portrayed as strong, quote unquote, strong and capable, but that portrayal of being strong and capable is not, she's masculine, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. Like masculinity is not the equivalent to uh, that. To strength for Harley. Yeah. It's just strength. Yes. And she's also herself, which mm -hmm. I think is how we should be and writing. there's strength in femininity. There is. As well. Yeah, strength in sharing a hair tie with your girls. Yeah, strength in having, I don't know, Margot an impossible Reeves. amount of time to make a shoe change and put on your roller skates <laughs> put on your in, roller the skates in the middle of a fight. Which is literally the best. Oh my god. I love it. I love the fight scenes in this movie. The only media containing these characters which I've consumed before is actually the Injustice video games. I really love games like that and I really love Injustice particularly because you get to play as all these cool characters I'm and I love we should. And I really love, especially with Harley's fight choreography, of course I freaking love action movies, like real action movies, not superhero <laughs> movies, and I love movies with good fight choreography. It was really fun, the particular colour that all the fight choreography in this movie had, especially like the acrobatics involved and like incorporating so much of Harley's character, and quite a few of Harley's moves in this movie are actually like special combo attacks from the Injustice games. And throughout the movie, they make a point to use all her really iconic weapons. A bat! Um, as you can find in Injustice and in the comics. You know, she'll find a bat, she'll find the hammer, she'll find... Yeah. They don't have her double pistols, which would have been fun. But, you know, she had the one gun, which I think she used quite... Mm. <laughs> she even had her hyena maul someone to death, which is... Brucey! Which is the special move in we Injustice 2. To... <laughs> and I love that. We haven't talked about Brucey. Brucey is... My boy. <laughs> yes. I love I love the Bruce's. Oh my here. god, when they when they made us <gasps> when, when they, they made, made us think, think that Bruce, Bruce was, was dead, dead that, that was, was 
That was hard, man. That was a hard half an hour of my life. I can excuse queer coding, but I draw the line. I draw the line at the death of the CGI hyena. Um, <laughs> one of the stupid criticisms, okay? Yes. Stupid criticisms I have seen that men have given this movie mm-hmm. is that nobody uses guns. Guns are so boring. Guns John are... Wick is so fucking boring. I will say that. I hate gun foo or whatever. Like, it's so boring. My favorite bits in John Wick is when his gun runs out and he's got to do something. Yes. You know? Yes. I love hand to hand. I love the hand to hand combat. And also, just like the sets of this movie by KK Barrett are just incredible. Especially, you know, like with the Injustice background, like all the environmentals surrounding mm. them, especially in the theme park, the amusement park that they're in, like just. Oh, like as one soon of, as they walk into that set, I'm like, oh, oh my God, they are going to throw this at these one, people. They're going to hang off this thing. Yes. Like, you know. One of my favorite, can I just say one of my favorite uh, little fight sequences, like inside the fight sequence that you mm-hmm. see, is when Huntress, after giving the little car to Cass, yes. um, she looks up and those guys are like standing on the, I don't know what they are. On those like, tongues. On the tongues of the. Yes, and she just thing. like leaps, and she leaps to and from between. them. Oh, so cool. So cool. So um, cool. Even when Harley, even when Harley breaks into the police station and she's like, oh, oh piggies. I'm here. I'm here. To and she calls them pigs. Fuck yeah. the police. She's like, you're my favorite little. All cops little. are bastards. <laughs> and she even says like, she calls Renee like my favorite little piggy. <laughs> like, yes. I love that. Um, also, this movie for the record is quite anti-police. Yes. Which I appreciate. Yes, like as anti-police. Like, I guess because they're fictional police, at least. They're fictional Maybe police. they get away with it. Yeah. Because I know it's so hard to make things anti-police. Every point in this movie, the police are painted as doing absolutely nothing. And also taking credit for things they shouldn't be taking credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, Renee, she's like, she yes, quits. bye. Gets crap done on her own. And yes. you never hear about the police after that. Yes. So it's, it's very much, I feel like it's about as anti-police a, a movie can be in the mainstream. But yeah, back to back to when when Harley is breaking into the police station. I love the like when the sprinklers go off <gasps> and the rain, like oof. and the Halsey song. I've got to admit, Miss Halsey, she went off with that one. She did a good. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a good song. I couldn't understand the lyrics. Like yeah. and I was like, I why don't know what she, she's why saying. Why was she singing into a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> No, I actually had to Google the lyrics like an old person. I was like, what What are these What lyrics? are you saying? What do you mean, Ashley? What, what do you mean? mean? Action sequences are so deliberate and they're so like mm-hmm. very much like, again, this is Harley's movie. This is the way Harley fights. Yes. This is the way people in her world fight. Like, the fact that she goes into a police station with a freaking huge ass paint bazooka. Like, yeah. Is like so her. Yes. I love this for her. I also just love even the chase scenes when she's being chased. Oh my god, roller skating chase <laughs> Oh, oh that's my god, what nice. Talk. Yes, yeah, there were a lot of really nice references, I feel, to, to uh, pre-existing girl power movies. Girl power movies. Like, For instance, Charlie's Angels with the use of Barracuda in the fight scene was mm-hmm. amazing. Whip it with... You know, the, the roller literal derby. whip it. Like, I love how many times she was like, whip, whip me, me, whip me, whip me. I was like, yes, I know what this means because of whip it. Thank you, <laughs> Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I also read a lot of reviews that drew some interesting comparisons between it and Kill Bill. Oh, uh, no. Kill but, Bill is very much like, say, for instance, if the Birds of Prey all hated each other and were sleeping with, I don't know, them, all of them were sleeping with their male boss, that's... That's what Kill Bill is. Uh, okay. Well, never mind <laughs> so then. So fuck that. Birds of Prey knew who it was making like yeah. it itself for. Like it, it wasn't making it for for men at all. I feel like Which we is... go on and on about this, but yeah, movies should be specific, and this is. This is and... like not a movie trying to be universal. It is not a movie trying to appeal to everyone. It is a movie pretty much made for women. I would argue gay women. I would argue. For women of color. I love that. I love that a movie did that. Especially a movie that is mainstream. Pretty Mm -hmm. relatively. Like people are going to see Birds of Prey. Because it's Harley. You know. It's a superhero movie. People are going to have a go with that. I know men that are going to see it. You know. Not many. But I do know. Shout out to to just my gays who are going to see it. To see Ewan McGregor. No. Love that. (laughs) Love that for you guys. Go. I mean, um, like, I... congratulations to you guys for getting Bleach Blonde and Christmas Zena. Like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's a thing? <laughs> okay. I personally... I would like to say, you know, in relation to the action scene, in relation to... The, this soundtrack is 
crazy good. Yes. I do think it's missing Rico Nasty. Mm, I, but otherwise, they ticked all the boxes, I think. The gays were eating so well. You know, a lot of the women on the album, and it is a, an album that's all women. Yes. A lot of the women are like yeah, LGBT. Megan Stallion. You have Sin. I love Sin. I love Sin. You have Doja Cat. You have Normani. I forget all their names. There's so many. Yeah. The Diamonds track is amazing. Boss Bitch grew on me. I yes. didn't like it when it first came out, but like when I saw it in context in the movie especially, I was like, oh, this is... I love that Boss Bitch is very much like the new like Twitter fan cam song to use. <laughs> you know, when people were using like the Beef Flow mix, especially after the Oscars, I love seeing all those edits people made with of Bong Joon-ho with Boss Bitch playing <laughs> in the background. Like, yes. I love that like Jokes on You song like mm. by Charlotte Lawrence. That's really cool i love the smile i look honestly i just love the soundtrack i love that they they just really made an effort the tone of this movie like they really Mm -hmm. made an effort to establish like this is our movie and this is what we're gonna do and this is specific this is what we want it to be and that's awesome but one final thing i want to talk about is as much as i adore this movie and i do with all my heart and soul love this movie the whole time the interesting thing about the birds of prey is that Holly's not... Holly is not a bird. He's, she's not a bird. <laughs> not she a bird. is a, she's a Gotham, Gotham City, City siren. siren. And originally, for a long time, I thought this was going to be a Gotham City Sirens movie because I was like, well, if you're going to make a Holly movie that's a girl mm-hmm. gang movie, obviously you're going to make the Gotham City Sirens, right? Because that's her girls. Catwoman, Poison Ivy, that's them, the trio. So I was actually quite surprised when this was announced as a Birds of Prey movie. Not yeah. disappointed, but just surprised. And the whole time, as much as I loved it, I was like... This is not Harley's crew. And, I mean, uh, I do like the idea of Harley having, like, separate crews and building this up that is, as well. I like but, that. I know, don't like, not like this. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, the capitalist element, like, where, you know, Harley is the character that people know. Like, they can do Gotham City Sirens further down the line, but they can also use Harley to set up something for Birds of Prey. I don't know if they want to do future things. I don't know if Birds they of, will. I have no idea if they would. I, I don't know if but, they like, will. If they wanted to. I would love to see Janae again. I would. As canary, because you know there oh. are some, there are some unanswered questions. The yes. fact, like her canary power, like is only used, you know, as a very a last, last resort thing. I feel like because she she doesn't use it very much. I feel like mm. the more she because uses she doesn't it, know who she is. Yes, yeah. really. But I feel like the more she uses it, the stronger she'll get. Kind of thing. The reason she passes out when she uses it in the movie is because she doesn't yeah. use it a lot. But I feel like you know the more she uses it, like the mm-hmm. stronger. She'll be in. I love Huntress. She's brilliant. I think, like, yes. as a character, That's such she... a cool origin story. I was almost like, honestly, Huntress could get her own movie. I wouldn't be mad. Like, I'd totally watch the heck she out of really that. She really could. One thing that I couldn't stop thinking while watching the movie was that my fave, Gugumbata Raw, did read for Huntress. And <laughs> I don't know. I kept... As much as I like a Mary Elizabeth Weinstein, like, I kept thinking about... Gugu, like if, if was it was like, Gugu doing that, these things, and yeah, was like I was like dying. And you know, if only, <laughs> if only Gugu had, because now she's in that fucking Loki series from Disney Plus, and I'm so mad that it's all right, I have to purchase it legally from a shop. You're gonna have to purchase that very legally. Yeah, very legally. It's gonna be hard. But yes, I really desperately wanted this to be a Gotham City Sirens movie. I'm not gonna hide that fact. Because I'm yes. a Catwoman. I, ladies and gentle thems, I have been a huge fan of Catwoman. And you know the reason I'm a huge fan of Catwoman is because Halle Berry played Catwoman in one of the greatest <laughs> movies of all time. And I've been a fan of Catwoman since I saw that movie at the tender age of however old I was when that movie came out. I feel like it was one of my iconic dumbass gay things how I would Mm -hmm. just be like I just love the special features I just love watching Halle Berry train for these fights (sighs) it's really good it's really it's really cool feels organic feels feels good so naturally because I was a huge fan of Catwoman that's actually how I found out about Harley Quinn as a character because I was like what does Catwoman do what does she hang out with who, mm-hmm. Who's this? The Joker has a girlfriend? That doesn't sound good. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. For people who don't know, the Gotham City Sirens are Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and Harley, and they just wreak havoc on Gotham. And Harley and Poison Ivy are girlfriends. That yeah. was only a recent confirmation that happened in 2016. But, you know, it's there. But it's nice to have, and Margot is a huge Harley fan, and she has said that she does, mm. like, if she does get to make another Harley movie... It will be a Gotham City Sirens or yes. we'll at least have I don't know I've, like there have been rumors for a Gotham City Sirens project 
in the works for years and years mm. and years. So I'm not holding my breath, but also like I think hopefully if this does well, further down the line we can have this. Mm. And I really would like to have this. I would love to have this. I I deserve to see Harley and and Poison Ivy and her, in love. I, her I plant just, lesbian GFs. Yeah. Her plant specific subculture of plant lesbians. Yeah. Like in Tuca and Birdie. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, but yes, like we love birds of prey. Mm-hmm. We're just huge, huge stands. I just want to thank women. I want to thank like Margot for being so persistent in wanting to make this movie and then finding the perfect people to make it. Yes. Um, and not really caring whether these people were already big names or whatever. Like just finding the right people. I think that's like so good that she did that. Apparently, like a lot of people came to her, like, oh, if you're making this movie, you should get X director to do it. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, I'm gonna search and research and find the perfect person. And then she found Kathy and was like, yep, yeah, this is the person. Together they fought to get it made because she pitched it. Kathy was like, this sounds amazing. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just love that they went to all this effort. So many women of color in the crew, in the cast. This is literally, I, I know we hop on, but like there's, there's not been a movie like this. Yeah. And I'm so happy we got to see a movie like this. And I want there to be more movies like this. For me. With as much thought put into them. With as much thought and Thought love. and care and love put into them. <sighs> yes. Which, this movie puts... You know, it tends to get scarcer as you as you get on to sequels, but hopefully... All right. I think that's us for Birds yeah. of Prey. Do you have any final thoughts on the movie that you would like to share? I'm gay. <laughs> you are? <laughs> I never knew. Yeah. This changes so much. This Gonna... changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so happy. I got to see one of my favorite characters get a really great movie, and I'm so happy about that. And I've read that this Harley, this version of Harley, mm-hmm. is going to be the version of Harley that we see in The Suicide Squad. I'm not looking forward to that for I, several reasons, but that's not, a whole other that's episode. That's a whole other episode, but you know, I just love Margot as Harley, and I, I, lo- I can't wait to see her again. Erin Banak, if you can hear me, Please uh, consider my hand in marriage so you can dress me for my whole life. That would be lovely. Thank you. I love this. Kathy Ann, if you're free on Thursday, mm. Janae, please hang out with me Janae when I'm Smaller free. Bell, if you're free on Thursday, we can get like hot chicken wings together and not be affected by them. <laughs> Okay. All right, all right, all right. Episode. That is our, that is our Birds of Prey review. If you like us, please like, subscribe, rate, follow, leave a nice review on wherever you listen to podcasts, our social media, Twitter and Instagram, at gayb underscore club. The DMs are open, so yeah. let us know your thoughts or if there's anything you want us to talk about. Uh, next episode, we're going we're gonna to talk about... It is the first in our sh- ongoing... Shakespeare, Shakespeare series. series and we will be talking about bit of a change of pace yes but you know still about very much about dames that are also seeking emancipation mm. much in much ado about nothing Woo! before you know if you want to prepare for some homework you'll uh acquire legally from a shop the David Tennant, Catherine Tate version of Much Ado. Yeah. That is, I don't know if it's a National Theatre Live thing, but it's it's a thing. Go and find it. I think go actually and find that. it's on YouTube. Oh, cool. So, like, you can go and watch it there. I don't know. You can watch the Kenneth Branagh version because I'm going to rail against yeah, yeah, yeah. that version. I will talk about that version as well. Watch, get, get your hands on a version of Much Ado. Whatever, yeah. whatever version, because uh, most of them are pretty great. Yeah. Because uh, Much Ado is a great play. And uh, enjoy it, and uh, we will hear from you next time. Watch something nice and be safe. Bye. Bye.